0: This is Steve with Life Worth Living. Today we're going to look at part two of living on the other side of the cross. In other words, moving to that place where we move away from self-reliance and always trying to figure out things for ourselves and moving into the realm of the Spirit, the Spirit of God, where we, where we begin to rely more on God and we have the Holy Spirit do things in our lives and for us that we could never do for ourselves. And we're going to look at today what happens when we start living by the Spirit. What happens when we live on this new side of the cross, if you will. There's a couple of things that I'll mention just up front you're going to experience a new freedom that you've never experienced before you're also going to learn that you don't need to earn god's approval but you can receive it by faith Uh, jesus paid the price and you can have god's approval you've been qualified through jesus christ for his approval and that leads you to living in a whole different realm Uh, We're going to see other things, such as the fact that when you live on the other side of the cross, God begins to sanctify your life. He begins to change you from the old person that you were to a new and improved you. So listen in to this part two of living on the other side of the cross, of living in the Spirit of God. Uh, But today... Today we're going to be talking, we're going to do our part two of living on the other side of the cross. Remember last week, if you were here, remember we were wondering, what does it look like on the other side of the cross? If you look at the one side that we're used to looking at, there's Jesus, our Savior, hanging on the cross, suffering or already dead. And now we stand, we go to the other side of the cross, and we begin to contemplate What does it look like on the other side of the cross? And and what does it mean for there to be the other side of the cross? And if you recall last week, I'm just going to summarize very quickly. We learned that our flesh is Satan's portal into our lives. Our flesh. What is our flesh? Our flesh is our humanity without God. Your flesh is when you say, I can do it. I don't need God anymore. I can do this on my own. Do you think there's Christians that live in their flesh? I do. <laughs> because I'm, I'm one of them. I tend to believe that I can do it and I don't need God's help. Until I get into a bind and then I'm like, Jesus, help me. All right? Even Christians can live in their flesh all of their lives and never experience the other side of the cross fully the way that they should, but your flesh is Satan's portal into your, into your life, and look at this in 2 Corinthians, we looked at this last week, 2 Corinthians 12, 7, it says, Paul says, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me, you know when you're tormented, it's because Satan has somehow found his way through your flesh, and he's making your life miserable, That's why we need to die to our old self so that Satan has no way of getting into our lives and tormenting us. Have you ever been tormented in your mind? Tormented in your body? That's the enemy getting through your flesh to you and making you miserable. We learned in Genesis 4-7 that sin crouches at the door. You can almost see a gargoyle crouching at your door at your door. You can keep your flesh shut and keep him out, or you can open up your flesh and say, come on in and make my life miserable. It's up to you. It's up to you as a Christian. You have the power and the authority to keep that door shut or to open it up and let him access your life. That's why in Philippians 3.3, it says, put no confidence in your flesh. Stop being so self-reliant. Stop being so self-reliant and start being God-reliant. The flesh counts for nothing, the Bible tells us. We also learned that our new spirit that God has given us, if we're Christians, is the portal for God to get into your life and start doing supernatural, supernatural unbelievable things. Don't you want unbelievable things in your life? Open up your new spirit to the Lord and let him begin to flood you with light and with life. That's why we see in 1 Peter 1, 3, something mentioned about a new birth. See, you need, your spirit needs to be born again so that you can have the, God's hand in your life, touching your life and making you new. That's why we learned in John four twenty four that we need to worship God in spirit. See, God is spirit I can't worship him in my flesh. Did you notice today when you were singing that your mind might have wandered a little bit and you started looking at somebody up here or thinking about something you're going to do this week? You know what that was? Your flesh. You need to cut off your flesh and start saying, I'm going to start living through the spirit of God. And we're going to learn more about that today. God is spirit. That's why in Colossians 3.3 3 it says, you died. You died to your old self your flesh, your life is now hidden with Christ in God, you are now, as a Christian, you're on the other side of the cross. And that's what I want to talk to you about today, is is what happens when you get on the other side of the cross, when you start living by the Holy Spirit of God, and stop being so self-reliant. God wants you to experience that. We're going to be in Galatians 5 today. If you have your Bible, you can turn to it. I promise you we're not going to be flipping to a bunch of different scriptures. We're going to try to stick in Galatians 5, maybe with a couple of exceptions. We're going to shine the scriptures or show the scriptures up here on the, on the screen as well. But Galatians 5, verse 5 Verse 1, excuse me, and we're going to learn what happens when you get on the other side of the cross and you start living by the Spirit of God. Here goes, verse 1. It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Now, stand firm then and don't let yourself be burdened again with a yoke of slavery. With a yoke of slavery to drinking, with the yoke of slavery to worry, with the yoke of slavery to lust, with the yoke of slavery to laziness. Don't let yourself be as yoked again or burdened again. You have been set free on the other side of the cross. When you start living by the Spirit of God, so that's what happens. You begin to live in freedom. Now I want you to stop just real quick and think, what do you wish you were free from? You might say, Steve, I'd like to be free from poverty. <laughs> Literally, financial poverty. I would like to be free from that. I would like to be free from watching my loved ones suffer and make bad mistakes. Don't you? Some of you, I bet that's what you wish you could be freed from. Some of you wish that your spouse would treat you a little bit better and you could be free from strife in your household. Some of you wish you could be free from that nagging worry that just consumes you day and night. You're worried, you're worried, you're worried. Let me tell you what, you get to the other side of the cross, you start living by the Spirit of God, you're going to be free. You're going to be free. See, I'm, I'm a salesman today. I'm trying to sell you on the Holy Spirit of God. I'm trying to sell you on saying, I'm going to get away from my flesh and I'm going to start living by the Spirit of God. Because I like what you're telling me. I want more of what you're telling me. So I'm trying to sell you today. Is anybody buying it yet? (laughs) All right. He wants to set you free from your old self. And let me tell you what. This freedom is progressive. It's a little bit at a time. So don't get demoralized if you're not set free all of a sudden, all at one whack. It's one day at a time. God God sets you more and more free. And and you know what? He he rewards you, all right? So you take a step towards him, and he rewards you with a little bit of peace. And you say, well, that felt good. I like that. I want to go a little bit closer to Jesus. And then he rewards you with a little bit of joy. And you say, I like this. I want to keep on doing this. And so freedom is progressive. So be patient with yourself. Be patient with God. He's patient with you. So can you be patient with with yourself and with him? Go walk step at a step, step at a time, until you get to the other side of the cross where you are totally set free. There's things that bound me. 20, 30 years ago that don't bind me at all, but it took some time. So be patient with yourself, be patient with God. Let's look what else happens when you get to the other side of the cross. It says uh, in verse 4 of Ephesians 5, you who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace for through the spirit remember we're talking about the spirit for through the spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope the only thing that counts by the way is faith expressing itself in love now let me tell you what happens when you get to the other side of the faith, of, of the cross you stop trying to earn god's favor you stop trying to earn god's favor Every religion is trying to earn something from that deity. But you know what? You weren't created to try to earn anything from anybody. You were created to be loved. You were created to be loved. You were created to be embraced and held and accepted just as you are. Flaws, imperfections, failures, regrets... You were created to be loved just like you are. Isn't that wonderful? (laughs) I don't know if you guys are getting what I'm saying here, but I'm going to give you an illustration to see if, if we can make sense of what I'm trying to say here today. So this cup here that I'm about to hold up in just a second that you see sitting here, this cup was not intended to saw. It wasn't intended to saw. It wasn't intended to drill. I've got an empty cup here for you online or for you that are listening. This cup wasn't intended to to hammer. No. This cup wasn't intended to saw. It wasn't intended to drill. This cup had one purpose and one purpose alone. It was intended to receive. All right? Now, this cup, let's say I made this cup, and this cup is trying to earn its favor trying to earn my favor. It says, look, I can hammer. Aren't you happy with me? And I said, no, because that's not what you're meant to to do. But look, I can saw. And I'd say, no, you can't. You weren't intended to saw or drill or anything. You were intended to receive, and that's it. And so one day, let's say I finally get the hang of this, and I, I say, oh, I'm just intended to receive. That's what I'm supposed to do. And so I just open myself up as I'm supposed to. All right? And I say, you know what, Jesus? I'm going to stop earning your favor. I'm just going to take what you give me, all right? And I receive a little bit, and I say, oh, that feels so good, Lord. I'm not trying to earn anything. You know what? Keep filling me. You know, a lot of times Christians stop right there. They get full, and they quit. We need to stop quitting when God's filling us and say, God, keep on filling me. Because the Bible says that he gives the spirit without limit. He gives the spirit without limit. So what am I going to do? I'm going to do this. And I'm just going to keep receiving and receiving, and I'm going to electrocute myself. And see this? I'm not going to stop because I was meant to receive. And I'm going to overflow, and I'm going to keep receiving the rest of my life. I'm not going to stop. And you know what? The Bible says, some of you will say, well, you know what? The Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. And I'd say, yeah, but you can't give until you've received. And you know what giving is? It's just overflowing. Giving isn't really that sacrificial. You have so much that you just... (laughs) just going to keep giving. I don't have enough for it all, God. I've got to give it out. And you overflow to all of those that are around you. Can I tell you something? Stop trying to earn God's favor and just receive it. He says he loves you. Can you just accept that fact that he loves you? Can you say, I am loved? I am, everybody say it, right? I am loved. You know, the other day I was walking and I saw a reflection of myself in a big window of some sort. And I saw a guy that's starting to get a little older. All right? And I thought I looked cool and then I realized I don't look cool at all. All right? And I kind of smiled to myself and I said, you know what? God loves that guy. God loves that guy. Can you look in the mirror and just receive God's love for yourself? I will use this example until the day I die because it changed my life. One day I saw God's love as this massive ocean, endless ocean. And here I am standing on the shore contemplating God's love and question. Does God love me? Yeah, he loves you. He gave his son for you. He died for you, sacrificed for you. Does God love you? Yes. So what am I going to do? I'm not going to put my toe in the water. I'm going to start running into the ocean of God's love. And I'm going to dive into that ocean. And I'm going to swim out there. And I'm going to drink. It's not salty water. It's good water. I'm going to drink of that ocean. And then I'm going to hope I'm going to drown in that ocean. But as I'm out there in the middle of the ocean, I see somebody walk up on the seashore. And it's a regret. And says, Steve you goober. Why did you do that? And it's going to tempt me to get out of the water. And I'm going to say, no, no, I'm staying in God's love. You can't talk me out of the love of God. And then I might get into an argument with somebody and lose it, and make my feelings, know that I said the wrong thing, did the wrong thing, think the wrong thing, and it's going to tempt me to get out of the ocean of God's love, and I say, no way. I'm staying in the ocean of God's love. I receive it. I can't earn it. Stop trying to win God's approval, and stop trying to win people's approval, especially. Just be who God created you to be and say, God, here's my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. Fill this thirsting of my soul. Fill this quench, this thirsting of my soul. Overflow. I will give, 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 God, once I've received, received, received. It is that simple. That's the gospel of God. Praise God. Well, that's what you learn on the other side of the cross. Do you want some of that? (laughs) Next week, we're going to start on a new series of financial fruitfulness. And God wants to fill your cup, even financially, to take care of all your needs according to his riches and glory. Stop trying to earn and just start receiving the blessings of God in your life. So you're not going to be justified by the law, by what you do and don't. Don't get up in the morning with this checklist, okay, I went to church on Sunday morning, I read my Bible three times, that's pretty good, and I prayed a couple of times, I'm done. No, that is religion, that's earning God's favor. God wants you to walk and talk to him all day, every day even at night when you can't sleep, especially at night when you can't sleep. Let's look at verse 13 of Galatians 5. It says, Serve one another humbly in love, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. When you get to the other side of the cross you can finally start loving people. And why is that? Because you yourself are loved by God. And when you accept and receive God's love for for yourself, you can begin to love other people. What does it look like to love other people? It's to be super duper gentle with them. Stop being so harsh with people. Be gentle, especially with little ones that drive you crazy. Have you ever had a, a child or grandchild that drives you completely crazy? God wants you to be gentle with them, not harsh. And let me tell you something else, and I'm not gonna talk a lot about love, but love means you like people. Have you ever heard somebody say, I like them, but I sure don't love them? <laughs> you can't do that. To love someone is to like someone, and God fills you with his love so that you can begin to like those who are unlikable. might get on your nerves a little bit. Remember this. Don't brag about how much you love God. Brag about how much God loves you. (laughs) That's what John did, the Apostle John. He said, I'm the beloved disciple. I'm the one that Jesus loves. He didn't even call himself by his name. He was bragging about how much God loved him. Can you do the same thing? Say, I'm loved. Now, don't go overboard. You go up to a stranger and say, hey, God loves me. Well, you might be needing to tell them that God loves them too. But you know what I mean. Don't get caught up in the religion. Get caught up in the relationship that Jesus has for you. In verse 16 of Galatians 5, the apostle Paul says to the Galatian church, So I tell you, walk in the Spirit. Get over here on the other side of the cross And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the flesh desires, the flesh, remember we're talking about, is contrary to what the spirit desires, and the spirit is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with one another, so that you do not do whatever you want to. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, that's wild living, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. They won't go to heaven, and I'll say it, they will go to hell. This is a church that believes the Bible, (laughs) and that there is a heaven, and there's most definitely a hell. But on the other side of the cross, the Spirit of God, I get over here, I'm making progress, I'm going from the flesh to the Spirit, and you know what God does? He starts sanctifying me. He starts sanctifying you. What does it mean to sanctify? You start separating you from your old life. Your old habits aren't acceptable anymore. Your old entertainment just isn't right anymore. The music that you listen to just doesn't, it's not, it's, it's not there. It's not the right thing. The things that you say, you, you used to use a lot of foul language. And you know what? God starts cleaning up your language. You used to get ticked off and angry. And little by little, you become more and more patient used to not believe God, and now you can actually believe God. You used to be stressed out and worried. And little by little, you become more and more confident, assured, and believing that God is going to take care of whatever it is that you need him to take care of. He sanctifies you. God loves you enough to take you just as you are, but he loves you so much that he also wants to make you a better person, a better version of you. You know what you need to do and I need to do? We need to cooperate with God. Let him work us into who we need to be. We were singing a song just now. He is the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me, Lord, I pray. You know what? You can't be hard in God's hands. You need to be pliable. You need to be moldable. You need to be teachable. Let God teach you something that you don't know. Let me tell you what, there's a lot I don't know, and I realize it, and that's a good thing. That's called humility. We need to realize there's a lot of things we don't know. That's why Jeremiah 33 three three says, Call unto me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and hidden things that you do not know. That is a prayer of mine in 2022. God, show me things I don't know, and he has been. Let me tell you what. But the, on the other side of the cross, God begins to sanctify you. Look at this. Sin stops dominating you. Aren't you sick and tired of your old self dominating you? Sin stops dominating you, and instead you begin to dominate your bad habits. You get in control. You get in control of your tongue, your actions, your reactions, what you listen to, what you watch, what you do. On the other side of the cross... And these things start dropping off of you. In fact, let me just show you another similar example, you know. If at the bottom of your cup there's a lot of sludge. And you need to wash yourself out. Don't go like this. Oh, come on, get out of me. I'm going to resist temptation. I can do this by myself. I can do it. No, receive. And God's spirit begins to... Wash out all the mess that's inside of you because you're receiving. And little by little, your water gets clearer and clearer. Do you see what I'm saying? Don't fight temptation. Run to God and get full of God and you will overcome your temptation. It'll get flushed out of you because you're getting more and more of God. So on the other side of the cross, all these things start getting flushed out of you. Inappropriate use of alcohol, what you listen to in terms of music or entertainment, frenetic busyness. If you're overly busy, you need to stop being overly busy. Get out of the busyness cycle. God has some specific things that he wants you to do. You don't have enough time for anything else except for what God has for you to do. So find out what that is and do that. He's going to affect how you spend your money. (laughs) He's going to affect you getting into church and and being consistent and faithful with coming to church. Why do you come to church? To receive, just like I was telling you. You're You're getting something that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise. But a couple more thoughts here in 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10. Look at this. But you are the ones chosen of God. Look at yourself. You're chosen of God. God picked you. He chose you. Chosen holy people, and in one version, I believe it's the King James Version, he says, you are a peculiar people. You are peculiar. That means you're going to walk different, you're going to talk different, you're going to act different, you're going to be different. People are going to look at you and say, you're different. What is it about you? You're going to be able to say, it's Jesus in my heart that is changing me little by little. God's instrument, this is you. You are God's instrument to do his work, to speak out for him, and to tell others night and day all the difference that he's made in your life. From, he's changed you from nothing to something, to rejected to accepted. That's what happens on the other side of the cross. You start changing. But here's two more things that happen when you get on the other side of the cross in verse 22 of Galatians 5. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy peace forbearance that's patience for some reason i'm hung up on the word patience today god wants to make you more patient patient and loving and gentle and kind he wants to make you more patient all right kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control against these things there's no law when you do these things man, you're in good shape. You're being sanctified. God is changing you. Now, look at this. A disciple, that's a learner, all right? A disciple, as a disciple, you want to be like your teacher. Now, I'll tell you this about my dad. My dad was and is, will always be my hero. (laughs) I remember when I was a little kid, he'd wear his dress shoes, and he would walk on gravel or on the sidewalk or on the street, and I'd hear the like the gravel crunch under his shoes. And I thought to myself, I can't wait to have some dress shoes and be heavy enough for things to crunch under my feet. That just sounds really cool. My dad, he would eat and I'd watch him eat and he'd just eat with gusto, man. He'd take a bite of something and chew on it. And you'd be looking up and I would think, I want to eat like my dad. In fact, one day I was, uh, our, we had a little breakfast nook and then our kitchen in Spain and they were separated from one another. And so, I always put, I like jelly and toast. To this day, I love putting tons of jelly on my toast. So I was putting jelly on my toast. My mom walks in. My dad's sitting right across the table from me. She said, don't put so much jelly on your toast. So I, she walks out, and my dad has a crumb of, of toast in his, in his uh, fingers. And he looks at me, waits for her to walk out, and he digs into the jelly bowl and puts so much jelly. It's like running down his fingers and shoves it into his mouth. Tell you, I want to be like my dad. (laughs) I loved how passionate he was when he preaches. Passionate. I wanted to be like him. He was always the life of the party. When my dad was there, he was everybody was listening to him, laughing. He was just the life of the party and continues to be the life of the party. You know what? We need to be that way with Jesus. We need to look at Jesus and say, I want to be just like you, Jesus. You're amazing. Jesus, I want to be more patient like you. Jesus, I want to be more powerful and authoritative like you. And Jesus, I want to be more compassionate like you. I want to be just like Jesus. He's my hero. You see, the fruits of the Spirit, it says this is what Jesus is like. Now go try to be like Jesus. Look up to him. Admire him. Think about him. Strive to be like Jesus. Man, he's con- Jesus is confident. I want to be confident. He has a strong identity. I want a strong identity. Jesus is humble, yet stands up for himself. I want to be humble and stand up for myself. Jesus was a good teacher. I want to be a good teacher. Jesus had ma- amazing power and authority. I want to have amazing power and authority. Jesus operated in the supernatural. I want to operate in the supernatural. He's gentle. He has a plan. I want a plan. He attracted people. I want to attract people. The list goes on and on and on. When you get to this side of the cross, let me forewarn you, Jesus is going to be your hero. You're going to want to be more like Jesus and less like yourself. Less like yourself. On the other side of the cross, there's a fruitful life for you, becoming the person of your dreams Get over there as fast as you can. Get away from your flesh, your old self, as fast as you can, and run to the other side of the cross where the Holy Spirit begins to help you. And I'll end with this. Verse 24 and 25 of Galatians 5. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. What on earth does that mean? Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let me give you a few examples, just so you know. When you start living by the Holy Spirit, He starts whispering in your ear, in your soul, things to do throughout the day, literally. You'll be in a situation, and He might tell you to do something. And I'll give you a couple of examples. I was sitting, this was a long time ago, but I was sitting in a a coffee, I think it was a restaurant or something, and I was looking out the window towards the parking lot. This man gets out of the car, and he starts walking towards the door, and the Holy Spirit whispers into my soul, tell that man that I love him. Tell that man that I love him. Do you think my palms started getting sweaty, and my heartbeat started going up, and my face got all flushed? You better believe it. I was nervous. This guy doesn't know me from Adam, and I'm just going to walk up to him and say, hey, Jesus loves you. You know, That makes me nervous. But you know what? The Holy Spirit, he tells you to keep in step with him. He's got a plan. He's got something for you to do that day. So I finished up really quick, just enough enough time for me to walk out the door, hold the door open for him, and I said, Sir, I just want you to know that Jesus loves you. He gave me a weird look. I never saw him again, but hey, I did what the Holy Spirit told me to do. (laughs) Right? Keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Let me give you another example. There was a lady at work. She was probably in her 70s, and she lost her husband. She became a widow. And there, in it, where I used to work, there's a big old open space where the receptionist desk and stuff is. And she walks up, and I start talking. Her name was Rosie. And I began to talk to Rosie, and she reminded me how sad she was, how sorrowful she was. And the Holy Spirit said, hug her right now. I was like, here, I mean, there's, you know, business people walking around. And, you know, I didn't even think about it. I reached over with both arms and just hugged her. And she began to just weep and cry. And she looked at me. She said, that's exactly what I needed. That's exactly what I needed. Keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Sync up with the Holy Spirit. Listen to the Holy Spirit. He's got something for you to do all the time. Every day, he's got an assignment for you. Let me give you another example, all right? There was this guy, same place where I used to work at, and this guy got, he left his wife. I guess he cheated on her. It was divorcing her. had a couple little kids, and this guy went haywire. He was in his late 20s, I think, and started partying. I guess he felt, like, unrestrained and started partying. So, man, in his cubicle there he'd turn up his club music he couldn't wait for Fridays and Saturdays to go out and party and it was just loud man and and he didn't report to me but I didn't like the spirit of what was going on with this guy if you know what I mean his his whole attitude his personality changed and I started praying and the Holy Spirit in fact told me just pray for this guy so I started praying for him I'm telling you in a matter of minutes he turned that music off he calmed down the Holy Spirit wants to use you every day in some sort of capacity. The adventure begins, if you will. Never forget, I've told this one before. This, this was terrifying, all right? I wasn't a pastor. This was several years ago. But we were at a pastor's meeting. And I would say where Brother Jimmy was, but there was all these pastors up here at the front. And they were being prayed for. We are praying for the pastor's. <laughs> and I saw this guy and the Holy Spirit whispered to me and said this guy's having he's struggling with pornography. As a pastor, he's struggling with pornography. Go pray for him. I was like, "Oh my word. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm just sitting in a church. I don't know anybody. I'm no nobody of consequence. But I went up gently behind the guy and I just got in earshot. I wasn't going to pray super loud. Just real quiet whispered in his ear and started praying In the spirit, if you will, praying with knowledge, with understanding. The Bible says that he gives us gifts of wisdom and knowledge and understanding. I started praying with that knowledge. And that guy began to break down crying because he knew what I was praying about. He knew his own struggles. A year later, I saw that guy and he came up to me and said, man, that stuff broke in my life. That stuff broke in my life. God has assignments for us. When we get to the other side of the cross, assignments to show love, to show mercy, to encourage somebody, to help somebody break their their chains that are holding them. God wants to use you. Let's bow our heads. Lord Jesus, we thank you, God. Lord, Lord, for the other side of the cross, Lord Jesus, where where adventure awaits, Lord Jesus. God, where freedom is waiting for us, Lord God. Lord, help us to walk away from our old fleshly self, the self that we don't like anyways, and say, God, I want to go to the resurrected life of Jesus and begin to live life through the Spirit of God. Hallelujah, the Holy Spirit is alive and well. He's been called our comforter, our advocate, the one who helps us, the one who comes alongside of us. Thank you, Holy Spirit, Lord. We can talk to you every morning. In fact, the Bible also names the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of Jesus, the very Spirit of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father, Lord. We need your Holy Spirit in our lives. Lord, we want to shut the door to the enemy, to the tendencies that we have, the whole life that, that, that we're so tempted to live. Shut the door to that and say, oh, God, give me a new spirit, Lord Jesus. Give me a new birth, Lord God, and let me be connected to you from this point forward, oh, God.